0: we welcome you to the Tabernacle Podcast, brought to you by the Tabernacle Baptist Church in Hickory, North Carolina. If you'd like to learn more about Tabernacle, you can visit our website, tabernaclebaptistchurch.com. You can find other sermons like this one on Apple Podcast, YouTube, and Sermon Audio. It is our prayer that God has used this message to be an encouragement to your heart. I'd like for you to go with me to the book of Hebrews, chapter number 11. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 23. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hid three months of his parents because they saw he was a proper child. And they were not afraid of the king's commandment. By faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt. For he had respect under the recompense of the reward. By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. And through faith he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood, lest he that destroyed the firstborn should touch them. By faith they passed through the Red Sea. Is by dry land, which the Egyptians are saying to do, were drowned. Now in, in this passage, in the previous verses, we've seen that Moses and the people of God had the faith to go out. There was the personal faith that was first demonstrated by Moses' parents. The Bible tells us in verse 23, they were not afraid of the king's commandment. And Moses was hidden for three months until they could hide him no more. He was placed in a a basket, in an ark, uh, as the Bible calls it, a personal ark for this little baby uh, Moses. He was placed in the river. The Pharaoh's daughter came down to the river to bathe herself, and her maidens came with her. They saw uh, this basket. She called for her maidens to bring it to her and she opened the basket and saw baby Moses inside. And God rewarded the faith of Moses' parents because she took that baby home, and Moses' sister, who happened to be watching, said, "Uh, I I know a, a, a Hebrew woman who can nurse this child for you. And the Pharaoh's daughter said, That's wonderful. I'll pay her. And so Moses' mother not only got to bring her son up, but she got paid for it. Isn't that a blessing? And some of you wish you were getting paid for it. And um, But that happened because they had personal faith. Then Moses had personal faith in verse 24. When he was come to years, when he became a young man, someone called him the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He said, don't call me that he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He did so because he made a choice. He chose rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. He did so because he made a determination, an estimation, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he had respect under the recompense of the reward. In verse 27, by faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. Then in verse 28, the Bible says, through faith he kept the Passover. And of course we know that this was the faith that Moses exhibited, but also the faith that the people of God exhibited. They had the faith to go out. In verse number 29, the Bible tells us that they passed through the Red Sea, and thus we look at this subject this evening, the faith to go through, the faith to go through. We're thankful that God has brought us out. If you know the Lord is your Savior, you put your faith in the blood that he has shed for you, just as The people of Israel, they obeyed God. They applied the blood to the doorpost and to the lintel. The death angel passed through. And where the blood had been applied, there was no death. And I'm grateful that the blood of Christ has been applied to my account by faith when I received him as my Savior. And therefore, death has no hold on me. I have life. Jesus said, I am come that they might have life and that they might have life more abundant. God brings dead people to life and we have spiritual life. And as we're going to find out on Sunday evening, Lord willing, uh, we're going to find out that this body is like a seed that is planted into the ground that gives way to life that's contained within it. Eternal life, resurrection life. Moses had that life, the people of God had that life, but they came to a point where they were surrounded by obstacles and barriers. They came to the edge of the sea and they could not get through the sea or across the sea on their own. And then they looked behind them to find that the Egyptians were pressing down on them. And we know what happened. We know that God opened the sea, and they walked through the sea. They had the faith to go through. Imagine being one of that multitude, and you see something you've never imagined seeing. The the sea is parted. And on both sides are tremendously high walls of water. You've never seen this before. And you look in front of you and you see the, the bottom of, of what was formerly the, the bottom of the sea. Now you see it as dry ground. And you hear the voice of Moses saying, go. <laughs> and they went. They had the faith to go through. And oftentimes we as believers must exercise the faith to go through. To go through difficulties, to go through trials, to go through circumstances, to to go through barriers that we could not imagine we would ever have to face. To feel as if Satan himself is breathing down our neck and he has us in his clutches and he's about to choke the life out of us. And we're wondering if we're going to have the strength to make it through. God gave them the faith to go through. I want you to turn with me to the book of Exodus, Exodus chapter 14. And we learn about the faith to go through. We learn lessons from Moses and the people of Israel about the faith to go through and how we can exercise this faith, how we can stay on course. As God takes us through. Look if you would please in Exodus 14 in verse 1. And the Lord spake unto Moses saying, Speak unto the children of Israel that they turn and encamp before pi between Migdal and the sea over against Baal-ziphon before it shall ye encamp by the sea. Now those who know the, the, ge- the geography of the place, uh, they tell us that this would not have been the choice route to take. In fact, had they gone simply along the coast, they could have been in the land of promise in about 11 to 14 days. They could have made it all the way to Canaan in less than 14 days. But God took them a different route. And God often takes us a different route than we would have chosen. Uh, I I think when I originally brought this message to you, we we talked about how that we use our phones today for so many things. And oftentimes we just say to our phone, you know, give me directions. And then the, the voice in the phone directs us. Turn left, turn right. Well, there's no way that Siri would have sent us on this path. There's no way that anyone who was thinking, who had a map to look at, would have said, take this route. But nevertheless, this is the route that God directed his people on. And so we point out the first thing concerning the faith to go through, and that is this, number one, follow the path that God has directed. Follow the path that God has directed. God led his people into a difficult place. Now, in doing so, they avoided an immediate conflict uh, with the enemies that lie about them. They would have no doubt faced war had they gone the way of the coast, had they taken the shorter route. And we know that God, who knows all things, in his wisdom chose not to take them through those battles. But yet God is going to teach them to exercise faith. And what we understand is that the Lord directed them into a difficult place. By the time Pharaoh and his army decided that they're going to pursue the children of Israel, they were nearing this sea. They weren't as some Bible deniers and God haters would say, In in a narrow place. It was a a wide path of the sea. And the depths were great. And they came to the sea. And then they they, they discovered that the Egyptians were coming after them. But nevertheless, this was the path that God had directed them. And God reserves the right to direct us along the path that he leads us through. And it will often be an unexpected path. It will often be an inconvenient path. Nevertheless, it is the path that God has chosen. By the way, your path may be different than mine. We all have different paths. Let us run with patience, the Bible says in Hebrews, let us run with patience the race that is set before us. The pace that we run, the course that we run is often difficult and it it is very different because God tailors it for our good. So number one, follow the path that God has directed. Number two, trust the purpose that God has determined. Trust the purpose that God has determined. You see, when the children of Israel got out there, perhaps no doubt wondering why are we coming this way why why are we going this route this this route makes no sense why in the world are we going this way and I can almost hear them complaining and murmuring Moses what in the world are we doing and Moses is saying we're following the cloud we're following the Lord this is the way he's directing us are you sure this is the way we need to go yes this is the way we need to go And then they begin to wonder, well, why would God lead us in this direction? Have you ever been there? This is not what I expected. Why in the world would God do this? Now, let's look in verse 3 of uh, Exodus 14. God reveals his purpose. For the Pharaoh will say of the children of Israel, they are entangled in the land and the wilderness has shut them in. And I will harden Pharaoh's heart. You see, God was not finished dealing with the Egyptians. God is going to receive glory. God is working. And he's explaining to Moses, I'm going to tell you that the Pharaoh is going to come after you. And I'm going to harden his heart, verse 4, that he shall follow after them. And I will be honored upon Pharaoh. I'm going to receive glory from the Pharaoh and upon all his hosts, that the Egyptians may know that I am the Lord. And they did so. God said, you're going to go this path because the Pharaoh is going to come after you. And I'm going to be honored upon the life of the Pharaoh and upon the Egyptians because I want the earth to know that I'm God. By the way, when they get to Jericho, there's a harlot there. Right? And she takes the spies in. And she says, oh, we know about your God. And we know what he did to the Egyptians. And because she had heard about this God, because she had believed upon the Lord, she took those spies in. And she helped them in their plan to overthrow Jericho. You see, we have to trust the purpose that God is determined. We may not always understand it. In fact, oftentimes we don't. But one thing we can know, we can know that the God who led us out is the God who will lead us through and he will receive glory and he will receive honor and that is exactly what happened. Look in verse five and it was told the king of Egypt that the people fled. And the heart of Pharaoh and of his servants was turned against the people. And they said, Why have we done this, that we have let Israel go from serving us? And he made ready his chariot and took his people with him. And he took six hundred chosen chariots and all the chariots of Egypt and captains over every one of them. And the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. And he pursued after the children of Israel. And the children of Israel went out with a high hand. But the Egyptians pursued after them all the horses and chariots of Pharaoh and his horsemen and his army and overtook them in camping by the sea beside Pihahirath before Baal-zephon. You see, God was leading his people along a path with with a destination in mind and knowing that at that destination, he was going to demonstrate his power. That he was going to overthrow and defeat his foes. That he was going to deliver his people and that he was going to declare his name. You see, God is at work in the, in the, in the route that he leads us, in the paths that he has for us. God is at work. He's already anticipated the devil's move. He knows what Satan is going to do. He knows how that Satan is going to come against you. He is not ignorant, neither are we to be ignorant, of the devil's devices and of his wiles. He knows what Satan is trying to do in our lives. And God is leading us often through difficult circumstances so that he can get glory, so that he can make his name known, so that he can advance His people. Therefore, you and I must trust the purpose that God has determined. We may not understand it. We may not know what it is. In fact, we may often ask the Lord, why, God, are you allowing this to happen in my life? But here's what we can know. We can know that our God who loves us, who has called us, who has saved us and delivered us from the bondage and the penalty of sin, who has defeated Satan, who has power, our God is working for our good. Romans 8, 28. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. Do you know that tonight? Well, how many times do you find yourself reminding yourself of it? I find myself reminding myself often, or my dear wife reminding me often. So we have to trust the purpose that God has determined. Well, let me give you a third thought here, and that is this rest in the promise that God has given. Rest in the promise that God has given. Verse 10, and when Pharaoh drew nigh, the children of Israel lifted up their eyes and behold, the Egyptians marched after them and they were sore afraid. Boy, we're quick to forget, aren't we? We're quick to forget how God has delivered us. We're quick to forget how mighty and powerful he is. They had seen God decimate the nation of Egypt, and humble the Pharaoh. The world could not believe what they saw. The mightiest kingdom in the earth brought to nothing, and just a remnant remaining. But that remnant, in their foolishness, they had forgotten the mighty power of God, pursued after God's people, as if they could stop them, and God's people who had forgotten already what God had done for them begin to fear that's just like us isn't it god brings us through a trial and a difficulty we praise his name we get into the next one and we act as if we don't know what we're going to do we act as if we've never been here before or as if god has fallen asleep in the back of the boat and doesn't care that we're about to perish You see, they were so afraid, and often we are too. Well, what did they do in their fear? Verse number 10, and the children of Israel cried out unto the Lord, and they said unto Moses, because there were no graves in Egypt, hast thou taken us away to die in the wilderness? They had already pronounced the sentence, right? Here we are, we're going to die. We're going to die. Wherefore hast thou dealt thus with us to carry us forth out of Egypt? Is not this the word that we did tell thee in Egypt, saying, Let us alone, that we may serve the Egyptians. For it had been better for us to serve the Egyptians than that we should die in the wilderness. We'd have been better off in Egypt, Moses. Our lives, if you remember, the Bible says that Pharaoh made their lives uh, bitter with hard bondage, rigorous lives, miserable lives, But in this moment of fear, they begin to cry out and say, wait a minute, I don't don't know why we're out here. We should have just stayed where we were. I mean, this sounded like a good idea. It looked okay when the death angel came through and the Egyptians lined the streets and gave us gold and silver as we walked out. We thought we were leaving out in victory. We thought God had blessed. We thought God was leading us this way. We thought God was going to bring us into the land. But here we are at the brink of the sea and we're about to die. What happened to God? Well, he was there all along. And he's there all along for you. And Moses pointed them to the promise that the Lord had made. Look in verse 13. And Moses said unto the people, fear ye not, stand still, Quit, quit your murmuring, quit your nervous pacing back and forth. Quit your scheming and your manipulating and trying to figure a way out of this pressure and this trouble and this difficulty. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will show you today. You see, friends, problems come. And we should learn to respond to our problems By clinging to God's promises. Moses said. God said he was going to bring you out. And he brought you out. So he could take you in. Trust in his promises. Now. There were promises in in two fronts here. First of all the promise that God would take up their fight. Look in verse 13. Again. Again. He says, for the Egyptians whom ye have seen, ye shall see them again no more forever. God brought you here so you could bring these Egyptians here because he's getting ready to overthrow them and you'll never have to hear from them or see them again. They will never be a threat to you again. Verse 14, the Lord shall fight for you and ye shall hold your peace. Just be quiet just rest in my promise and let me take care of Pharaoh and his chariots. They're no match for God, are they? Satan's no match for the Lord. The problems and trials of our lives, the difficulties that we face are no match for a mighty God. The promise was that God would take up the fight. And then the promise was that God would lead them forward. Look in verse 15. And the Lord said unto Moses, wherefore criest thou unto me? Speak unto the children of Israel that they go forward. Why'd you stop? Why are you you stopping? What are you worried about? I didn't tell you to stop. Go forward. Some days it's all we can do, isn't it? We don't know what to do. Just put one foot in front of the other and trust God. And go forward. Quitting is not an option. You say, man, I, I, that that sea is out there. I, I can't walk into that sea. I'm going to drown in that sea. I, I can't swim. Hey, none of us can. Not through the sea of life. The waves and the currents are too strong. But God is about to make a separation. God is about to do something they've never seen before. He said, go forward. Look in verse 16, but lift thou up thy rod and stretch out thine hand over the sea and divide it and the children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea and I, behold I, will harden the heart of the Egyptians and they shall follow them and I will get me honor upon Pharaoh and upon all his hosts. God's given his purpose again upon his chariots and upon his horsemen and the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord when I've gotten me honor upon Pharaoh upon his chariots, and upon his horsemen. Hey, we can rest in the promise that God has given. Well, let me give you a fourth one. Just two more. Number four, enjoy the protection that God has provided. If we're going to have the faith to go through, we're going to have to learn to enjoy the protection that God is. Provided for us. Look at verse 19. And the angel of God, which went before the camp of Israel, removed and went behind them. And the pillar of the cloud went from before their face and stood behind them. Now God is leading them. He's leading them forward. But now they've come to the sea. And the enemy's pressing down on them. And so the angel of God goes behind the camp. What do we know about the angel of God? He is the captain of the Lord's host. He's a mighty soldier. He's a mighty captain. And we know the pillar of the cloud uh, went from before them and stood behind them. Verse 20. And it came between the camp of the Egyptians and the camp of Israel. Now you see uh, Pharaoh's army and the chariots and the horsemen. They can outrun the people of Israel who are on foot. Men and women and little children. They can outrun them. And now... God is going to make a path through the sea. But it seems like even if God makes a path through the sea, there's no way they can outrun Pharaoh and get across there. They're all going to be killed. But God said, don't you worry about that. I'm going to take care of it. I'm going to remove behind you, and I'm going to keep them from you. I'm going to protect you. Can I tell you that God has promised to protect his people? I will never leave you nor forsake you. That's a precious promise. Doesn't mean we won't have trials. It doesn't mean we won't suffer. We will suffer. Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. We are going to experience trials. We're going to experience difficulties. And as we read through Hebrews 11, we read of great victories. But then we read of those others who gave their lives for the sake of the gospel. Who suffered greatly. But let me tell you where those others are today. They're with Jesus. They're in heaven. It might have looked like they lost on earth, but I want you to know they're more than conquerors. And so are we. And we can enjoy the protection that God has provided. Verse 20, and it came between the camp of the Egyptians and the camp of Israel. And it was a cloud and darkness to them, to the Egyptians. But it gave light by night to these, to the children of Israel. I mean, they could really see that path across the sea lit up because the light was shining. Aren't you glad that though the world is stumbling in darkness, that, that, that God has given us light to lead us? The path of the just is, is a shining light that shineth more and more unto the perfect day. Aren't you thankful for that light? You see, the same thing that brought confusion to Egypt was bringing light and clarity to God's people. You know, that's the Bible. The world can't receive the truth. The natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit. The reason is he doesn't have the Spirit of God in him. But those of us who know the Lord, we have the Spirit of God in us. We have a receptor, a receiver, that allows us to discern and understand what God has said. And while the world is stumbling in darkness, offended by the cross, we who know the Lord Jesus have life and we have light. And we can enjoy the protection that God has given. Notice it says, it gave light by night to these so that one came not near the other all the night. God kept them safe. Well, that leads us to a fifth thought and we'll conclude here but experience the power that God has demonstrated. The faith to go through will allow us to experience the power that God has demonstrated. Now, God had already demonstrated his power over Egypt, but he wanted to do it one more time. And he wanted to demonstrate his power to deliver his people yet again. Look at verse 21. And Moses stretched out his hand over the sea and the Lord caused the sea to go back by a strong east wind all that night. God used a strong east wind. I imagine it blew on the face of that water and it just blew so hard it blew it in two. Like you take a leaf blower over a puddle of water and just blow it in either direction. God's blowing the sea with a strong east wind. He could have done it any way that he chose, but this is the way he chose to do it. And he made the sea dry land, and the waters were divided. And the children of Israel went into the midst of the sea upon dry ground, and the waters were a wall unto them on their right hand and on their left. Can you imagine? They're walking through that sea on dry ground, And I mean, literally, if one of them had chosen, I imagine somebody did. There has to be one in every crowd. Stick their finger in that water just to feel it, you know? Hey, look, there's some trout. Chandler would have had his fishing rod. He would have never got through there, but... They got through. They went through. I want you to know that God's going to take you through. He's going to take you through. The thing that you think is going to drown you, the thing that that you think is going to deliver you into the hands of the Egyptian soldiers, God is going to lead you through it. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me. God will take you through. So the Israelites went through. But the Egyptians went under. The thing that we go through, the world can't get through. Look in verse 23. And the Egyptians pursued and went in after them to the midst of the sea, even all Pharaoh's horses, his chariots, and his horsemen. And it came to pass that in the morning watch, the Lord looked unto the host of the Egyptians through the pillar of fire and of cloud and troubled the host of the Egyptians and took off their chariot wheels. I can imagine you can hear the pins breaking, the the, the pieces that held those wheels on to the axle. Uh, malfunctioned. The engineers were in trouble who made them, right? Well, it's too late. God just broke them in two. They drave them heavily. Those those chariots, they just bottomed out in that seabed. And those horses are trying to pull them like plows. And the Egyptians said, let us flee from the face of Israel. Well, they should have known better, shouldn't they? For the Lord... Fight it for them. They knew who was doing it. It was God. God said, I'm going to make myself known. I'm going to get glory. I'm going to get honor. What is God doing in this world? He's going to get honor. He's going to get honor with Putin and the Chinese guy. I'm sorry, I can't remember his name. And if I did, I couldn't say it right. He's going to get honor with Biden. He's going to get honor with the United Nations. He's going to get honor. God is going to get honor. He's going to get honor in the financial difficulties and the trials of our lives. God is going to get honor with the oppressors and the wicked who who hurt and damage and hinder and, and work against God's people. God is going to get honor. And this world's going under. Verse 26, And the Lord said unto Moses, Stretch out thine hand over the sea that the waters may come upon the Egyptians, upon their chariots and upon their horsemen. And Moses stretched forth his hand over the sea and the sea returned to his strength when the morning appeared and the Egyptians fled against it and the Lord overthrew the Egyptians in the midst of the sea. And the waters returned and covered the chariots and the horsemen and all the host of Pharaoh that came in to the sea after them. There remained not so much as one of them, but the children of Israel walked upon dry land in the midst of the sea. You see, while the world is perishing, we are God's people? We're walking on dry land. We're walking through what's destroying them. This is God in his grace and his power. What is it that we're experiencing through these difficulties? We are experiencing that power that God is demonstrating. Paul said, I tell you what, I don't feel very strong. In fact, I feel really weak. I have a thorn in my flesh, and I've asked God three times to remove it. Now, if anybody could get a hold of God, if anybody could get a hold of heaven, don't you imagine it was Paul? Three times. God, would you deliver me from this thorn? And what did God say? He said, my grace is sufficient for thee, Paul. I'm not going to remove it, but I'm going to give you the grace to endure it. And Paul said, most gladly, therefore, I, I, I will rejoice in my infirmities, in my weaknesses, because his strength. God said to Paul, my strength is made perfect in your weakness are you weak are you weary are you at a point in life and you say I don't even know what to do tomorrow I I, I don't even feel like doing it I I, I don't even want to pray I don't don't even want to read my bible it's not that you're indifferent toward it you just don't have the energy for it you just don't know what to do and you're weak God said I'll make you strong. I'll make you strong. And God delivered them. He delivered them in the midst of their weakness. Verse 30, thus the Lord saved Israel that day out of the hand of the Egyptians. And Israel saw the Egyptians dead upon the seashore. And Israel saw the great work which the Lord did upon the Egyptians. And the people feared the Lord and believed the Lord and his servant, Moses. God gave them the faith to go through. What do we learn about the faith to go through? We learn that we have to follow the path that God has directed. Follow him. Don't have to ask questions. Don't have to find an alternate route. You say, I didn't sign up for this highway. I like a different one. I'm going that way. Ask Jonah how that goes. Follow the path God has directed. Trust the purpose that God has determined. Why in the world would God do this? God knows why he's doing it and he's doing it for your good and for his glory. Rest in the promise that God has given. Rest in him. Enjoy the protection he has provided and experience the power that he's demonstrated. How do I experience it? In my weakness, in acknowledging it, in looking to him in faith